Welcome to the Vinnie Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinnie Rock Podcast. Yo, what up, what up, what up? It's the Vinnie Rock Podcast. Today I got something pretty special. I got retired Lieutenant Colonel Trent Gibson. And if you guys obviously probably don't know who that is, but I do because I've been working on this documentary called The Gift about the Jason Dunham story, Medal of Honor recipient who died in Iraq. And it's so special. I just don't like telling all the details because I just really feel you guys need to dig into it yourselves. But he'll be joining me today. We're going to talk about leadership a little bit. Um, he's got a lot of experience there. And we're going to talk about just about the gift a little bit. So you guys are going to enjoy that. But first, let me get to my sponsors, Core Medical Group. Dude, I'm telling you right now, you guys, I love it. I love all you listeners because you guys are actually making the call. You guys are calling Core Medical Group and asking for your blood work. And you guys are starting to get on TRT. Whether you're using them or not, you're doing the work. I'm getting messages from guys saying, hey, man, you changed my life. Hey, guy. I did what you said finally. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys. I, ca- I called. Got my blood work. Low T. I know. I fucking told you. I'm not trying to send you in the wrong direction here. I'm just letting you know what I do for myself. So you guys go check out Core Medical Group. You let them know that Rocco fucking sent you. I'm sending you to fucking improve your fucking life. Go check them out, Core Medical Group. Beyond Clothing. Oh, my goodness. The winter is ending here soon. I'm excited about that because... Uh, I'm getting to California soon. I won't have to use my Beyond Clothing gear at the time unless I'm going to go out camping or hiking. I love Beyond Clothing because it is so fucking dope. You guys go check it out. It's Expeditionary Outfitters. All right, you guys who are hikers, you guys who are outdoors, you guys who are campers, you guys who are training tactically, whatever it is, they have something for you. They have shirts that have a motivational saying. I'm telling you, Beyond Clothing, the company itself is just fucking awesome. And if you guys go watch their, go to their social media and check out some of the stuff they're putting out there, it's about going beyond. It's about doing more. It's about being better. And I love it. Beyondclothing.com. Go check them out. Beyond.clothing. Use promo code Rocco for 10% off any of the gear you see there. Let them know I sent you. Oh, my goodness. Willie Pete's Chocolates, veteran-owned chocolate company. And it has all kinds of different spices. You guys know you need it. Valentine's Day is around the corner. You might be too late to order it then. But either way, go get some for after. Willie Peach Chocolate has hot chocolate. When I say hot, I mean hot. Like hot cocoa. Yes. Go check it out. Pop Smoke is the hot sauce they have as well. It's fucking awesome. Trust me, guys. You won't regret it. I support my man. I love it. Willie Peach Chocolates. Go check them out. Let them know Rocco sent you. GMR Gold is a subscription-based... So precious metal company, you know, it's funny because I say this, I'm thinking like, how many people are actually going to get this stuff? Because I love it. My kids love it. We enjoy this shit. But you know what? I've noticed a few of you have purchased some bullion boxes and I love it and I appreciate it. And, and I'm telling you right now, you won't regret it. There's some fun to it. If you're looking at it in, a, in, a, in the right perspective, you're collecting some precious metals. You're having some fun with your family and kids. You're getting some cool coins. It's a cool experience and I love it. You guys go check it out. You already know. Promo code Rocco. Perseverance Survival, the home of the original Whoopi hoodie. Perseverance Survival is doing their thing. They're hustling, and now they have uh, tons, tons of cool colors in 
Ranger panties. Yes, you heard me. Ranger panties, or some of you in the Marines call them silkies. They got multicam. They got tiger stripe. They got BDU. They got every color you want. Go check them out. Limited time. Those things are selling fast. If you don't get them soon, they'll be gone. Perseverance underscore survival on Instagram. PerseveranceSurvival.com on the webs. Use Rocco, all caps, and get 15% off anything in the store. Anytime you want it. Boom. Hell's... Yeah, Lead Slinger's Whiskey. You guys know Lead Slinger's Whiskey. You guys know we have it in California. Go to Total Wine. We have it in Texas. Go to Specs. We have it in Utah. Go to your freaking state liquor store because that's the only place they allow you to buy it. Go to certain states and find it. We are in, I believe, 27 states, maybe 30-something states now. It grows. Slowly, we're getting to a state near you if we're not there yet. If you guys have questions on where to find your Lead Slinger's Whiskey... Hit up the Lead Singers Whiskey Instagram page. We'll answer you. Go check it out. Warfighter Tobacco is premium cigars by fucking badass veterans. Hit them up. Let them know Rocco sent you. Uh, my favorite cigar for a fancy occasion is going to be the Victory Blend. If you're just if you're just getting any cigars and getting into it, go. why not get the sampler pack? Try it out. Hey, your buddy's getting married. Get him some fucking cigars. Trust me, that's the man shit to do. Either way, go check them out. Go hit up Warfighter Tobacco. Aircraftmaintainer.com. You you guys have a MOS that deals in aircrafts. You're building them. You're fixing them. You're using them. You're doing shit with them. I recommend you guys, are st- if you're still in the military, I recommend you guys head over to aircraftmaintainer.com and get your certifications. You can get certifications for free. The military will cover it for you. And it's just one of those things. The owner of the company is a great guy. He helped you get your FCC GROL, your general radio operator's license, your AMP, your airframe and power plant. I mean, these are three-day basic, excuse me, these are uh, three-day weekend courses you can get done, all right? And, and some of these, there's another one here that's basic. It's a three-week course in your local area. So they'll come to you and help you teach that class if you get enough guys to join the class. This is fucking awesome. They made it for you to improve yourself outside of the military when you leave. Go check it out. And that is all. I think I got another sponsor jumping on board. And I think you guys are going to fucking love it. We'll talk about it later. But let's get to Yo, the Yo, what's podcast. up? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. I'm here with a friend of mine. Um, man, it's and I'm just going to say, before I even introduce you, right when I met you and I just started hearing you have dialogue just with the table, I knew like we have some parallels and I wanted to talk to you even deeper. And so I wanted to bring you on the podcast today and just talk shop. There was nothing orchestrated, nothing planned. Um, I just wanted to talk leadership with you. You guys, uh, welcome. Uh, my guest is Trent Gibson, Lieutenant Colonel, retired Marine Corps. How you doing, bud? Er. <laughs> Uh, if my dad were here, he'd do the whole thing. What do you guys do? Or, 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 or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Marines and and you guys just talk. But um, yeah, Your dad was a Marine? Yeah, my dad was a Marine. My dad was a Marine back in the day. Um, he still doesn't let me forget it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, you're a fucking soldier. Why would he? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Dude, uh, I tell people the story. When I was getting um, I was getting my Ranger tab, he was mm-hmm. there. I didn't tell oh, him. Man. I didn't tell him that I was getting my, I was getting distinguished honor graduate, right? I wanted to surprise him. I'm like, let's see what he says. Because he's always like, he's a Marine, right? Yeah. And I'm in the Army. So he's always giving me jabs. So I'm like, I'm not going to say shit, man. I'm just going to stand right in front of this fucking group. Because I'm in front. I'm in front of everybody receiving this award. Right. And they go and form up, and I'm in a position of attention. He's sitting there. He's just like. What the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah, he's looking at me like, what the fuck's this about, right? So they say, you know, distinguished undergraduate, uh, the William Darby Award. 
Vincent Vargas. And he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> they tell him to come up and pin me. He goes, ah. He's pinning me. He goes, you're almost as good as a Marine now. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, fuck is it. that, dude? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. gonna give you a little bit, you know, a little yeah. rib, you know. But it's good, man. I get it, you know. And and I think a lot of Marines have the same kind of personality and, and pride in their branch, and I respect that. Yeah. You know, you guys are brainwashed. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> dude, you know, man, it's yeah. Tell me. It, no, it's funny. That reminds me of a story I was telling these guys uh, yesterday when we were. Actually, I think when we were driving over to see you. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what brought it up, but it was about everyone having their fucking place on the team, right? Yeah. And I remember very clearly the moment I had that epiphany as, as a Marine that that all the good-natured and not-so-good-natured chiding that, that goes back and forth between the services about who's fucking better. Yeah. You know, is Marine Recon or Army Rangers? Right. Who's, who's more high-speed? Right. And I was... It was post-Desert uh, Storm. Yeah. I got a combat promotion to sergeant in in Desert Storm. And uh, so I was feeling fucking pretty yeah. good about myself, you know, and fucking marine sergeant 22 years old which it's pretty good well it didn't happen back then yeah i think it right. still doesn't happen often right it's a hard to promote in the marines yeah yeah uh so i had a rather inflated ego of myself you know image of myself and inflated ego that, to go along with it and i secured a, a fucking slot to go to jump school nice so two marines from my battalion got selected i was a what army would call uh, mechanized infantry. Yeah. AVs, right? Assault yeah. amphibian vehicles. Yeah. So I go to fucking jump school and, you know, you spend two weeks of fucking Hazex learning how to fucking PLF. Yeah, the worst, the dude. Sore as hell every day. It's just annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> Beating your boots with the black hats. And, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, you, you fucking finally get to week three and you're about to jump out of an aircraft. So they get you all suited up and yeah. you're standing in their formation and then the riggers come out and, and they're checking your fucking reserve. Right? Yep. And it's, he was shorter than me and I'm five, eight. I'm not a fucking big guy. And he was shorter than me and he had a, he had a bit of a, a paunch on him, right? Yeah. A bit of a gut, you know? And, uh, they were, riggers wore red hats, right? Yeah. The riggers had the maroon yeah. rays. Or wait, the red hats. Yeah, they actually, in jump school, is different. Yeah, they yeah. have the red hat. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And so, this staff sergeant steps in front of me, and he's checking the fucking, all the rigging on my reserve. And yep. I'm like, fat fuck, you probably couldn't run a goddamn PFT to save your ass, you know? <laughs> and then I jumped out of a fucking aircraft while in flight and yeah. landed safely with a parachute that someone had rigged. Yeah. But I wouldn't put in two and two together. Yeah. Know? But it was beautiful because that night they take you like at fucking 2200 yeah to the goddamn to the rigger shack yep. right and there's this remember this i'll never forget this dark green army rigger was at one of those long goddamn tables and his hands were moving so fucking fast you, you couldn't even see what he was doing. Oh, yeah. They have that wand, and they're just they're just tucking and, and folding and checking. and It's unbelievable. And he had, yeah. he'd pack a chute in, like, fucking... Uh, and and, and pack, it, pack it within regs where it's safe. Like, these guys know, like, 
people are jumping out of planes with these. Correct. Yeah. And that and that's that's why they take you into the into the shack, right? Yeah. So you can see, hey, when you jump out of an aircraft that was packed by a human being. Yeah. And these guys know what the fuck they're doing right. and they need to, right? And so I, I saw that and I'm like, holy shit, someone's gonna jump out on that shoot in the morning. And then the next morning we're standing in formation again and the same damn staff sergeant rigger comes and yeah. steps in front of me. And I looked out at him, I said, you know what? I don't give two fucking shits whether this guy can run a mile in yeah. in six minutes or not. As long as he knows what the fuck he's doing, then I'm good with it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. He's good with it. As long as he can do his job. Yeah. That's all I need him to do is his right. job. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, not everyone has to be a fucking badass, yeah. right? I don't, need, uh, I don't need the cook to know how to do freaking, you know, battle drills. I just yeah. need to know how that cook can make a fucking dope ass egg in the morning. Yeah. Give me the energy to stay myself in fucking battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. And that's, you know, it's funny because Marines have their egos, but so do like special operations rangers, right? Rangers have their egos too. And that's something that I always hated. I always hated about rangers because they sometimes... When you're a young ranger, it's really dope to walk into a base with a maroon, I mean, excuse me, with your tan beret and people just being like, oh shit, right? And mm-hmm. it's a, you, that, you feed into that yeah, shit, right, right, bro. Right. Yeah, you feed yeah. into that shit. Oh, I am badass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's real easy to start treating people beneath you. And, and I, and people can say whatever on that. Unless you're engulfed in it yourself, you'll see it's so easy to be like, dude, I've gone to NCO development courses with the tan beret. Everyone treats you different. Like, they treat you like you're a fucking god there. And it's mm-hmm. like, you can't, but, like, you can't help but, like, let that absorb into you a little bit with, like, a little bit of an ego and let your head blow up some, yeah. you know? And then and in getting out of the military, I was doing that myself, right? I was getting, I was going to, like, the VA and walking around and judging everyone in the room, like, yeah. fuck that dude, fuck that dude. You know what I mean? That guy's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I still sometimes find myself doing that. I got to check myself, bro. I got to check myself when I... Dude, yesterday I went to go get freaking milk for the kids and a guy's walking around in a BDU jacket, like a weather jacket, mm-hmm. and it has these special forces freaking like that electric strawberry freaking patch. Yeah. yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I wanted to ask the dude, I'm like, I want to be like, is that yours? You know what I mean? But I'm like, don't do it, man, because it's none of my fucking business, bro. It's none of my fucking yeah. business. Because it's part of my ego gets gets the best of me sometimes. Right. Well, and institutionally, <laughs> we we build that in. Yeah. Right. That's part of the brainwashing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's good to have fucking pride. And and it's, it's I agree. critical. I agree. But I think it's only through experience and proper example of others that we start to see, uh, yeah, everyone's got a place on the team. Yes. And, and you, you've got a, got a special skill set. I love that. Right? Yeah. You've got a special skill set. But that doesn't mean that you're all that in a fucking bag of chips, right? Right. I mean, yeah, the support elements are there because we need the support. Yeah. Right? And the same as, you know, in, in a team, like, you know, so to get to, to the to the big story of why, you know, Lieutenant Colonel here is with me today is, like, we're working on, obviously, you guys know the documentary, The Gift, um, and we're getting that hopefully started. You know, we've got this funded, and we're working on some some really cool things that, that have come to light and we believe we will be done. What do you think, Dave? Dave's sitting in the room in the back. What do you think will be, we would potentially be wrapped with this whole concept by the end of 2020? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, if, you know, if everything kind of goes as planned right now, I think uh, initial shooting will be wrapped up by September. 
And obviously we'll be uh, starting posts towards the middle of the uh, shooting schedule. But yeah, by the end of 2020, I think we should have a really, we'd be in a really good place yeah. and have something to show people. Perfect. And you guys are going to love that, man. It's, it's, this is a, this is a project that comes from the heart and, and we're going to continue to, to make it that way. And, and Trent, um, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, I'm not sure what you're most comfortable me addressing you as, but Trent's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Man. Perfect. Perfect. You call me Gibby. Gibby. That works too. That's yeah. good. I like yeah. that. Uh, that'll stick. But, um, you know, for you, you being involved in this project is, is multiple different reasons, right? There's different, different avenues of approach for you. One, getting into, you know, the world of hopefully telling a more honest and true story in the, of the veteran space, right? From Mm -hmm. war and not so much war and, and continuing to, to open up, I guess, that dialogue and bridging that gap between us and the civilian populace. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other part is the tie-in is that you were, and excuse me if I'm wrong, the company commander yeah. of the time of Kilo 4-2. Um, four, four you were the company commander. I'm not sure how the Marines work. Yeah, that's no, why. that's okay. Yeah, Kilo Company 3-7. 3-7. Yeah, and it was our um, OIF-2 deployment. We were the first Marine battalion back in country uh, when things started going to shit. Yeah. You know, after... Uh, victory was declared and then we realized we had an insurgency on our hand yeah so we went back in uh, late february early march of 04 so we were there till september's and anyway so i was you're one of the three rifle company commanders in the battalion yeah and so um, you're in charge of how many men at the time out there i had 199 American 199. Sons. How is that broken down? So, like, a company commander for, for us, what, in Ranger Battalion, you have a company, and then the company has three platoons, and then you have your your, your headquarters platoon as well. So, in yeah. each platoon, man, we didn't have that many in Ranger Battalion, so yours are a little bit bigger? Yeah. Well, not necessarily. And I had 199 because I also had an attached yep. uh, gotcha. platoon, a heavy weapons platoon from the weapons company of the battalion. Right. Um so we were actually pretty light in the ass regarding the rifle platoons. Yeah. And I I made a decision just before we deployed to reorganize the entire company and dissolve the conventional task organization. I got rid of our weapons platoon. I integrated those weapons specialists, the mortarmen, the machine gunners, yep. the assaultmen, into every rifle squad. So now and in doing so created four rifle platoons. Yes, I love that. So yep, so that's cool. Cause just like in, in Range of Town, we have that as well. We have our first platoon, second platoon, third platoon, and then our fourth platoon is actually weapons. Right. And which is anti-tank, um, anti-tank and mortars and whatnot, like we would attach. Yeah. But our big guns were already attached to us, but what they okay. did was they dissolved during combat, they mm-hmm. would dissolve us into a platoon and we'd be integrated into a platoon. Sure. And then, dude, I went from carrying the fucking, uh, the Gustav rounds, fast roping in mm-hmm. to all of a sudden someone has a broken ankle, boom, you're clearing a room. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just fully integrated into the system. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brought me into the first platoon when, for my career wise. So better understanding now. Um, and so you were a company commander of, and it's considered a platoon. A, rifle company. A rifle company. Gotcha. Yeah. That sounds good. And you became an, so you start off as an NCO and then went into become an officer. Yeah. How does that work? Well, the Marine Corps has a program called the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program, MESEP, and it's designed to take uh, top-performing non-commissioned officers, 
and give them the opportunity to get a college education and then a commission following that. That's brilliant. So they actually will pay uh, a Marine. Sergeant yeah, to go to college to to go to yeah to That's go great. to school for three to four years to get to get a. How'd you like degree. that? It was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's was, so I, dope, man. It was. It is the best thing the Marine Corps has. Period. I got paid as a sergeant to go to the University of Washington and look at thousands of beautiful women every day. It was my <laughs> fucking job. It was unbelievable. I just, yeah. I couldn't. It was like. It was like a dream. No, that's. You know, I, I, I had to pinch myself all the time. I couldn't believe I was being paid yeah. to do that. And what was it that like pushed you to want to be a company commander? Was it maybe as an as an NCO, uh, as an enlisted? you're seeing company commanders and, and it's intriguing, but also wanting to lead men or is there some other reason? Was it just mm-hmm. the, you know, it's a good career field becoming an officer. Yeah. But I never imagined I was even going to be a company commander. It was far beyond my scope when I joined the program. I actually joined, I thought I wanted to fucking fly. Yeah. I wanted to be a pilot. I was uh, a few clicks shy of the second breach in desert storm. Yeah. Right? Um, getting ready to roll three tons of C4 up to the breach and and breach for Task Force Ripper Team Mech. I had a uh, three-shot line charge in my AV and watching F-18s and Harriers just shit on motherfuckers, you know, prepping the breach for, softening things up. And I just thought, well, that that's tits right there. That's, that's yeah, what that's I want to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And so when I got back from... Desert Storm. I applied for USEP. I got accepted. And your first summer, um, they'll send the MESEPers, the those yeah. enlisted Marines, will send them to OCS their first summer of college. Yeah. And OCS is offer a candidate school? Yeah. Yeah. In Quantico, Virginia. So and it's a six week course. It's a the standard course at OCS for a cat walking off the street with a college degree is yeah. ten weeks, right? But in for Naval ROTC uh, guys who've been in the ROTC for three years or active duty Marines on the yeah. USEP program, they send her through a six-week course. So anyway, so I go through OCS and I come back and I was registering for my fall classes there at Clark Hall at UW. And I had this weird feeling that I'd, I'd been, it was gnawing at me in the back of my head it, for a couple of weeks. I didn't know what it was, but it was familiar. It, it was something I had felt before in some time in my life, Yeah, but I couldn't identify it. So it had been gnawing at me trying to figure out what this feeling was. And I was, I'll never forget, I was on the phone dialing my numbers for registering for your fucking classes. And it suddenly hit me. I, I was fucking homesick. Yeah. That, that's what the feeling was. And I hadn't felt that since I had gone to fucking church camp when I was like 12, right? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But I had this feeling and I realized, holy shit, you're homesick. Yeah. And what I, I missed when I went to OCS, you know, that put the shot back in the arm, like, holy shit, I, I missed being with the Marines. Yeah. And I realized that as a pilot, I wasn't necessarily going to have the same yep. relationship with the Marines that I would if I was in a ground MOS. Yeah, you wouldn't be boots on ground with the dudes. You won't be mentoring them. You know, all the things that you imagine would be a fucking awesome road. If you're flight, you're just flying them to the mission and flying them out kind of concept. And so 
in that regard, you kind of miss the, the, the connection there. You know, there's not the same camaraderie as it would be being part of the unit itself. Yeah. And pilots, Marine pilots, especially, you know, they, they've got air crew and, um, yeah, they've and, got their and, own little world. Those, yeah. Yeah. And so they've got Marines, but what I was expecting was that they just wouldn't be the same. Right. You know? And so I, I had to have a come to Jesus talk with myself and I had to admit that the reason I wanted to be an officer was for the wrong fucking reasons. Yeah. That be that flying shouldn't be the reason, at least for me, that drove my sense of purpose. Right. Right. And I was lucky to have two phenomenal mentors at the time. One was my Marine officer instructor, major Rick Detrike, who's a phenomenal man. And who fucking, who got me on the right path. And, and I, and I fucked up when I was a student and, and he, he's snatched my chain and, and fucking got me pointed in the right direction. And the other man was Colonel Gerald Perry, retired army officer, World War II, Korea, Vietnam. He was doing SF before SF was fucking yeah. SF. And the guy went to Gurkha Mountain Warfare School in, yeah. in World War II. Damn. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, we could talk for several hours about Colonel Perry, but anyway, uh, what I was learning from him was that the most important thing for him was the trooper, as he called him. Yeah. You know? And as Major Detrike advised me just before I graduated, he said, look, for me, he, he was advising me about which course to take, uh, in my path as an officer, which MOS, you know, and he, he's like, don't worry about it. You're going to figure it out. But for me, being a Marine was always enough. You know, it didn't matter what I was doing, but being a Marine was enough. Yeah. Regardless of MOS. So, so I decided I didn't know what I was going to do, but I didn't, I thought that flying was the wrong path for me. So I decided to stay on the ground. Yeah. And then while I was going through, the basic school, six-month course that every Marine officer goes through, um, you go out on you know field exercises, and, and about halfway through the course, you start conducting what they call straw polls. Um, if I had to pick my MOS today, based on my class standing, this is what MOS I would get. Uh, is it just for. picking the straw from the hand kind of thing? Yeah, right. And so we come back from an absolutely miserable week of a defensive field exercise yeah from the 2nd through the 5th of january in 97 it was a massive ice storm covered the state of virginia and we were in the middle of it in the fucking field it was (laughs) miserable good training as soon as we get back right we hold a straw pull yeah like okay no what mos do you want i'm like there's no fucking way i want infantry yeah and all i could think about while we're out in the field freezing our asses off was how awesome it would be to be in a vehicle that had a personnel heater right that ran (laughs) off of a fucking jet fuel so my first pick was tracks tanks artillery like anything anything other than just a fucking straight right old line dog than a miserable grunt in the field and what I didn't know was that I had a high class standing. Right. And that comes down to determining as well, right? They want some yeah. high, some of your higher scores are, are the ones they want in the infantry world, if, I, if I'm correct, yeah. right? And the way the Marine Corps does it is they will split 
a class of 240 lieutenants into thirds. Yeah. And they will give the first, the top third, the, the top students in the top third, they'll give them their first choice. And then the top students in the middle third, they get their first and they call it a quality spread. So yeah. it, it makes sure that you get a, a good spread of talent. Yeah. Throughout, throughout all the MOSs. The MOS, yeah. And so I made these choices, right? That yeah. were purely selfish choices. <laughs> and my staff platoon commander, Captain Wilson, who was a uh, Cobra pilot. Yeah. He took my little three by five card and he walked it into the company XO, Rob Scott, who was a grunt. And Captain Scott had a fucking shit fit. Yeah. And next I'm thing sure. you know, I'm standing in his fucking office trying to explain myself. Well, he's looking at your scores. He's looking at your grades. He's looking at you as a character and thinking like, fuck, this guy would be awesome for infantry. Yeah. Right? It's got to be a great grunt uh, officer. Right. So, the, you know, the staff was seeing things mm-hmm. that they, they're, because their job is to make sure that the Marine Corps gets a good fit, right? Right. And, and I wasn't looking at those things. I was being a miserable little bitch. Yeah. You know? And so I'm in his office trying to explain. Cold training can make everyone a bitch. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to explain these bullshit reasons why I thought, you know, I wanted to go back to tracks, you know? Yeah. And, and finally Captain Scott looks at me and he goes, look, Gibson, there's no fucking way you're going back to tracks. All right. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go talk to some infantry officers yeah. and get some alternative view- yep. viewpoints on the thing, you know? And then the next field exercise was offense, doing a week worth of offensive stuff, right? And, and offense is like, what do you mean, like planning uh, ops? Yeah, well, well you know, we, our first mission, you get on a fucking bird right there by the barracks, and then they fly into a fucking Do LZ, a raid or whatnot. And you're moving yeah. to contact, right? Yep, so dope. Awesome. I was the platoon commander for my, so there's- <laughs> for my platoon of students and moved to contact. And by the way, the company commander, Major Sullivan, is bird dogging, right? Nice. So he wants to see what Captain Scott and Captain Wilson see. Right? Yeah. So oh, you no pressure there, right? And anyway, so we get done with that, and we're getting ready to transition to the next exercise, and they choose another student to be the platoon commander for the next thing. And... Major Sullivan pulls me aside and we have a talk as we're walking back to the LZ for the next phase, right? Yeah. And he saw right through me. He knew I was just being a, a selfish little bitch. Yeah. And he, he says, look, Gibson, he said, once you get out there in the fleet, it's just really not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as an officer, you're like, man, they're going to they're gonna take care of me, right? They're going to take care of me. Yeah. But his point was, you know, it's not... A fucking nonstop hazex. Yeah, well, that's right. what it all is like. When we get into the basic training, you're just like, "Fuck, this is the military. I want nothing to do with this shit." <laughs> you know, and then you get to your unit, you're like, "Oh shit, it's like college. It's actually kind of fucking cool." Yeah, I try and tell people that all the time. Like, I try to tell my daughter, she goes, "Dad, I don't want." That. I'm like, "Get through basic training, and it's actually a fucking pretty sweet opportunity." Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a pretty amazing thing. It is. Yeah. So then you get you get out, and you you get hit with officer as a, as an infantry officer. Yeah. Or you and finally so, decide to well. And again, the next come to Jesus talk I had with myself was, all right, Gibson, why do you really think you want to go back to tracks? Yeah. And I said, all right, well, I want to go back because it would be the easy thing to do. <laughs> I said, oh, okay, then next question. Gibson, have you ever taken the easy way out? No. Okay. Yeah. 
Next question. What would be the hardest thing for you to do right now? Uh, go across the street to IOC, the infantry officer course. Yeah. Okay, well, there's your fucking answer. Right? So it's good. Do what's fucking hard. Yeah. And and not what's easy. So so that's what got me into infantry. Into infantry. Awesome. And then, you know. So you've uh, been an infantry officer. How many years total were you an infantry officer about? 17. 17 fucking years. Yeah. So you've been in a position of leadership for 17 years. And I'm sure there's tons of stories out there. But, you know, coming from a leadership perspective, you know, I, I, I always love to hear from other people. But is there, you know, is there a leadership, I guess, answer that you would give people when they say, how, are, how, how can you be a good leader is there like an answer for that that you can answer, you think, if someone has? Because a lot of people struggle with leadership. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand leadership. I feel like I understand it because all the fucking years of being leadership positions and years, I've definitely fucked it up. Years of being a fucking dad, those are leadership years, right? Yeah. People don't realize that if you do it right, those should be leadership years. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so like all the kids I've raised, all the, all the soldiers I've raised, all the, you know, all the positions I've been in in life, I've been in a mission and in charge of men and hoping to God I make good decisions on their account. Right. And so all these things, people come to me a lot with these leadership questions. And, and now I would love to ask you that same, like, what are some of the key factors or how about this? What do you look in? What do you look for in a good leader? Well, and I can't speak for everyone. Yeah, you know? no, for um, sure. This is just, but this yeah, is your, yeah. your, your experience. Right. Well, what, what I'm saying is that, my mind is going here trying to shape the context of this answer. Um, and, you know, I, I still retired. I retired from the Marine Corps in 2014, still trying to work on myself as a leader. Yep. You know, I think to, it's a, I to think be it, a, a better leader. Yeah. And in all that, time all my study of human nature and leadership you can boil it down to one fucking word really and it's example oh i love that period yeah and it's i'm gonna write that down it's on the the goddamn motto of marine corps officer candidate school that's the first thing you see when you walk onto Brownfield and Quantico, there's a giant crest there for officer candidate school. Yeah. And there's two words, ductus exemplo, leadership by example. Beautiful. And, and it's, that's so funny. Cause like, you know, Rangers, we have Rangers lead the way. Right. But we also have our Ranger creed and you know, the example is definitely when that's one of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's a damn, it's one of the 11 leadership principles for a reason, right? Uh, but there's no better illustration of the validity of example as the condensation of leadership, right? If you could, yeah. if you could describe it in one word. Yeah. I don't think there's any better example other than 
Jason Dunham, right? Right. The, the one who yep. the gift is about. Yeah. Because Jason Dunham, you guys listening, he's a Medal of Honor recipient. Um, he passed um, by jumping on a grenade, essentially, to save his, save his brothers. And it's just, it's an incredible story. You guys should look it up. There's a book called uh, The Gift of Valor. Uh, I have it right here as well. There's just stories out there. You go check them out, and this is what our documentary is going to be based on. But that's who he's talking about, so go check that out. So in that, in that one ultimately selfless act yeah. of covering a grenade and saving two Marines in the process, right? That's, that's the very distillation of what leadership is, is a personal example, right? He didn't grab another Marine and throw him on the fucking grenade. Yeah. You know, he did what he promised he was going to do. Yeah. When he extended his EAS to even go on that deployment. Yeah, he extended his pretty much getting out of the military date just to go on this deployment. And he promised his Marines that he was going and he was staying with them throughout the entire deployment because he was bringing them all back alive. Yeah. And when he covered that grenade, he saved two fucking Marines. And those Marines are not only alive today, but they have fucking kids. Yeah. No, that's exactly it, man. An example. And, you know, when we say example, it's crazy that even us as good leaders sometimes struggle to to personify that, right? Like I can And that's say, the ultimate expression. Right, of it, right? It, 100%. And, and it's not always as easy as it sounds. And that is like pure, like, holy shit. Commitment to being a great leader is leading by example. And, and Jason Dunham's, you know, um, his sacrifice was purely, it's, it's, it's so rich in his love for his men and his, and leading by example. And it's just, that's to me is why it's such an incredible story because I can tell you myself, as much as I want to be a great leader, I don't, I've never been in the position to do that. And, and I haven't had the opportunity to do it. And I don't know if I would, as much as I want to say that, right. As much as yeah, I want to say right. it. You just don't know, right? Yeah. And, and and thank God, more Marines and soldiers are never in that fucking position. Correct. To to have to figure it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, I think just to that example of when you're saying example is also parenting. Kids see everything. They watch yes. everything, whether you know it or not. That that's right. Exactly. Yeah. And. You know, we talked about it yesterday over over lunch. Yeah. What what is parenting if not leadership? It's it is that's all it is and, in my opinion. And what is leadership if not parenting? Exactly. Same. Right. Right. And uh, something that a, a phrase I I picked up uh, somewhere along the line was, "You are always leading because someone is always watching." Yes. Especially. Any anyone in a leadership billet, right? Yeah. Marine sergeant, uh, army lieutenant, whoever. Someone is always watching you because you're the leader. Yeah. You're their leader. And they're looking to see if this guy is really doing it for the right reasons, right? Is, right. is he a, an actual leader? Yeah. Is he just some selfish cunt who likes wearing a rank and the all the benefits that come from yeah. having a position of power over yeah, and other people. It feels people. good to make you do push-ups or some shit, yeah, right? Right. And 
again, back to the example of Jason Dunham, not that kind of guy. Right. Right. Not an intimidator, not a yeller, uh, not a bully. Yeah. And, you know, even today, I'm, I'm still learning more about who Jason Dunham was from his Marines and from his family. And it becomes a, a no-brainer that a guy like that was a hands-down choice by a prescient staff NCO who is holding down a platoon commander billet yeah. when told, okay, pick your team. I've dumped the company in a pile. We're going to hold an NFL-style draft. And we've got 12 corporals in the company. We've got 12 fucking squad leaders. First platoon gets first pick, first round. Fourth platoon, you get fourth pick first round. But to make it fair, fourth platoon, you get first pick in the second round. Yep. And Staff Sergeant John Ferguson has been up the whole fucking night prior prioritizing a list of 122 trigger pullers to say, these are the guys I want on my team. Yeah, these are the guys. And Jason Dunham, a fucking machine gunner. Yeah. Not, not an 0311, who is a, uh, the, an 0311 is... Is your infantry. Is, is, is your is rifleman. Right? A rifleman, right? And so, a fucking rifle squad leader is an 0311. They're not fucking 0331s. Yeah. You know? But Ferguson didn't care. He cared about the leadership potential and the demonstrated leadership that he was seeing in Jason Dunham as a fucking machine gunner in the company and in just a short amount of time he'd been there because he came to us in fucking October right after the company came back from post-deployment leave from OAF-1. Yeah. seven. We got seven Marines cross-decked to us from a sister battalion because they didn't have enough time before their MOS to deploy with... Three four, so they came to three seven. Yeah, right. And in a short span of two and a half months, Marines in the company had taken notice of this guy Dunham, and John Ferguson decided he's going to be one of my squad leaders. That's his draft pick. Yeah, and that's that's how Dunham was even there on that day that a, a grenade winds up loose on the ground in front of him. The only reason he was there was because of his example. Yeah. Not because of his fucking rank, not because of anything else, but just the personal example that John Ferguson had seen in yeah. him and said, I want that man as a squad leader. I don't care if he doesn't have combat experience. Yeah. Like half the other guys in this fucking platoon, he's a fucking squad. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's just a sentiment of how, how badass he carried himself and was the example for others to see. Like, no, that's the guy. Yeah. I'm picking him. Yeah. And with no combat experience, in a time where combat experience is super, like, oh God. important. Yeah. Like, you want to go to war with guys who've been to war, right? And, and then you're like, no, 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 but I want that guy. Because there's something I see in him that's different. Right. That's powerful. Yeah. So with with all the years of leading, you know, we all fall short sometimes of these these things. I know me as a, as a leader and a father, sometimes 
I don't have the example. Like I'm the guy that sometimes goes, "Hey, son, can you hand me that remote?" You know, and, and I get mad at myself every time I do it. I catch myself like, like "What the remote? fuck are you doing, yeah. bro? Get the fuck up and go get your own remote." You know, right. and those things I fall short on, and I still always try and work on. You know, and 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 I'm glad I can acknowledge those and not just sit there and think I'm the fucking dopest dude in the room. No, I'm a lazy motherfucker when it comes down sometimes, and I don't want to be, and I'm working on that. Right. You know, but the and, fact that you can acknowledge that, yeah, is huge. It's funny when I get home, man. I'm just like, I don't want to do shit, man. I'm like, I'm home. I'm like. Like, this is my time to chill. And I catch myself like, that is not the example of what I want my kids to see me as because they don't see me working my ass off daily. They don't see all the grind. And they right. come home and I take off the hat and shoes and I'm like, all right, now it's time for dad to chill. Yeah. They but only you, see dad's a lazy dude. Yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't just kick back, right? <laughs> no, and I, gotta, and I got to know that as a leader and, and knowing that I am the example and the example that they see is a dude that comes home and just chills and and. and and I've been noticing it more and more like I cannot allow them to think of me this way because this is not me, right? Like, you see how hard I work. I'm just like a hard working dude, but I come home. And so, like, what I'm getting with this is like, where is there some leadership things that maybe you know personally from your experience of 17 years as a leader that you've maybe fallen short and things that you work on still consistently today? And I say these things because people that are listening are always looking for leadership advice like my listeners are always looking for leadership advice and i think my leadership need to know that even guys with a lot of experience in leadership fall short sometimes and we have to we have to acknowledge those right when that's how we get better as people as leaders as just individuals as human beings i think the key to leadership to begin with um, to developing as a leader and continuing to grow as a leader is the recognition that it's not a, it's not a patch you can throw on your fucking shoulder and say, hey, I've arrived. Yeah. Right? It's, it's something you have to earn fresh every day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, as I was, we were talking earlier before the podcast, it, Marines and soldiers deserve one fucking thing. They deserve a leader who fucking gives a shit. Yeah. And who's in it for the right reasons. And none of those reasons are selfishness. Right. Right? That, that is the absolute wrong reason to be in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. But so many times you see someone in a leadership position who stops trying. Yeah. They, they've decided that I have achieved a certain rank or a certain billet, and so now... Um, I'm who I am, and take it or leave it, but I'm the one in charge, so I'm going to call the shots. Yeah. but it's Almost a tyrant. Yeah. Right? But that's the person who's, who stopped learning. Yeah. Who's decided that I've got everything I need to be called a leader, and I don't need to develop any more skills, any more nuanced abilities mm-hmm. any more uh, I, I call it enlightened leadership right yeah I, like I, I don't need to transcend from basic leadership to enlightened leadership uh, the Marine Corps thinks I should be promoted to major so I'm I've, I've arrived right I'm now <laughs> yeah. a field grade officer um, and and some of those guys stopped learning because yeah, no, they they stop 
trying to be better. Yeah. And they get content. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about leadership is that, and something I learned from Dunham the night before he was fucking killed. Uh, well, he, he died eight days later because he spent eight days in a coma, but this was not before the incident. Uh, I was, I was sitting up in the COC. It was about midnight. And it was me and the radio operator back there and Dunham. And he had this mission that had been assigned uh, to him from his platoon commander. Yeah. You know, I, I grabbed Lieutenant Robinson, Kilo 4, and said, I need a fucking squad to get me in zone tomorrow. And he chose Dunham. And it was the first time that any of those squad leaders from 4th Platoon was going to be running a patrol by themselves because in the previous month when they had been attached to Lima Company as the battalion's main effort up in Huseba, all of those patrols were platoon-sized patrols. So mm. Lieutenant Robinson was always the patrol leader. And now for the first time, Dunham, you know, four weeks in country, uh, he was running a patrol by himself uh, in charge of more than just his uh, 10 Marines, right? Yeah. He, he had all the supporting elements as well, the crews of the Humvees mm -hmm. that were getting us into zone. So he was in charge of 25 American sons that morning, right? So he spent all his day on the 13th of April getting his Marines ready for the mission, but he hadn't written the order yet, right? And he needed to make sure that he had uh, an order to issue the Marines first thing in the morning before he rolled out Yeah. to make sure everyone's on the same sheet. And so he was sitting up in the COC at this picnic table that we had inherited from first to the third CAV, uh, F troop. And we had inherited their space in this yeah. damn warehouse in the Alkheim train station. And they had laminated a map, a, uh, satellite image of our area of operations to the top of that. Yeah. Uh, Table. It was a good planning tool. But so in, Dunham was sitting there working on his order. It was hot, fucking hot. Bare chest, boots and utes. And he, uh, he was up by himself, you know? Yeah. And it was midnight. And the, the battalion always had mid rats. Mm -hmm. for Marines who were coming off a post or patrol yep, or whatever. Yeah, right? too, yeah. So midnight rations and his Dunham's two goddamn fire team leaders, uh, Bill Hampton and Josh Carberhall walk in with a plate of fucking chow. It's cardboard tray with yeah. like fucking T-rat eggs and ham, you know, on it. Yeah. <clears throat> and he said, what's this? And they said, you've been spending a whole day taking care of us and we know you haven't had time to eat. So we want to make sure you eat. And so he thanks him for it. And I watched that and I, I'd never seen it before. I'd, I'd 
I had heard tell of <clears throat> stories once in a while where a leader, a true leader, who's doing things for the right reasons, his Marines are going to take care of him. Yeah. You know, he's, he didn't always have time to take care of himself because he's trying to take care of them. And in turn, if they see that, they're going to take care of him without even fucking asking for it. Yeah. Right? And that was a common refrain at the basic school uh, where you're going through for six months and, and learning from Marine captains, right? That is the cadre there. So they've been there and done that, and they're, they're trying to, to raise the best product for the Marine Corps, right? To, right. to raise these officers, right? And, and so much of that, the syllabus at the base school is, is just about leadership because that's what Marines do is fucking leadership. And, but I, I had, I'd never seen it. Yeah. And it was, it was like watching them place a fucking crown on his head. And I, and I realized in that moment that, that, that title leader isn't something that anyone can give you. You can't give it to yourself. Yeah. Your seniors, I don't think, can properly give it to you. Your peers, that only comes from one place. That comes from the, from the people you lead. Mm, love if, if, they, if they accept you and respect you as their leader, then that's where the title comes from, from the people you lead. Not from... Mm. Reading books and not a, not a self-proclaimed title. Yeah, and and you know, be an honor grad or yeah, anything. You you can't give it your, to yourself. So it was a it was a poignant moment for me to to actually see that happen. Yeah, symbolically, you know, by bringing him that plated child. And and they walked out, and I sat there and looked at him, and I thought, holy fuck, what would I ever do if I lost a Marine like that? Yeah. Right? The, the guy who's, who's not a fucking leader for any other reason than his Marines fucking trust him, yeah. and they want to take care of him, because they understand through his actions, through his example, that he's trying to take care of them. So, and I, maybe we've gotten off track here, but the the essence, then the the fundamental underpinning of leadership, the thing that should drive our quest to be a better example is the realization that you don't ever truly arrive, right? That you have to continue to earn that title every day. Yeah. You, you can't say, hey, well, they thought I was a leader back in 04, so, you know, I'm still a leader. Because it's you, crazy. You're, you're right. It's you so have, you can lose it so easily. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like you, And, you know, it's funny. When you talk leadership, I always... I always parallel it with parenting, and I'm sitting here like, damn, who gives a fuck if you were a good fucking dad four years ago? Are you a good dad now? What Are you, you done continuing? for me lately? Yeah, what have you... <laughs> and it's so true. Like, Jason Dunham, that, that story right there is just an epitome of it. It just shows you, like, 
what they thought of him. They thought of him so great that no soldier ever has to do this. No, no, they don't ever have to fucking bring you chow. They're just sitting there while they're not fucking going on a mission. They're sitting there enjoying their fucking time. Yeah. They didn't have to think about him, but they did. And they did for a reason. He's so profound of a leader to them. He's so respected to them. He's so much dad to them that they had to make sure dad was good. Let's make sure Pops eats. Let's make sure our leader is, is, has sustainable food because we don't know when our next mission is. Obviously, he's preparing for it now. That is a sentiment of its own that is just like, holy fuck. And being able to see that, I get it, right? Like, I get, like, man, that's the kind of person you, you those are the leaders you want in your fucking circle. Right. You know, and the same time as like that guy show them daily what good leadership was. And that's why he continued to be respected by his men. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Because he's the kind of person they wanted to fucking be. No, exactly. Right. Right. And, and what he wants is them to just be better than him. Yeah. Right. That to me is what leadership really comes down to. Like, I want to raise you to be better than me and go. Right. right. And be more. Do more. Right. Be better. Learn from my mistakes. Yes. And evolve and that's that's the something i I've, I've been looking at for a long time is evolution right yeah. and when leadership is done right and it's passed on from generation to generation we evolve as an officer corps we evolve as an nco corps we evolve yeah, as, as a unit as, as a marine corps yep because we we take it to the next level from mm-hmm. The 14 leadership traits, right? We're beyond 14 leadership traits. Yeah. You know? Uh, we're, we're at the next fucking level. We're, we're fucking yeah. varsity. We're, we're reading here. in between the lines. We're, we're so far past just like the, the, what you want to give us. There's so much more to leadership now. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. Brother, I appreciate your time. We, we, are, we are coming down to the end of it. Is there anything you want to push out there? Is there a company? Is there a social media? Besides the gift. You know, we, we talk about the gift, you guys. We're still, we're still doing the gift. Give us some time. We're going to make this fucking happen for you guys. But is there anything else you want to say? Uh, not as an endorsement, but I, I do want to point out that this, was it Wednesday that Katie had her girl? Jason Dunham. <clears throat> his little sister just gave birth to her first child mm-hmm. this week, Amelia. And uh, I just, I think it's a beautiful thing that when, when we ha- have a reunion here in September at, at the yeah. Dunham's, at the Dunham's house, in Sio, New York, that yeah. Marines are going to get to not only meet the Dunham's, but they're going to meet all Dunham's siblings, and and they're gonna they're gonna have uh, by that time there'll be four nieces and nephews of Jason yeah. Dunham on deck there at that reunion. Uh, I, you know, I, I talked before about life begets slave, right? Yeah. His sacrifice saved the lives of two Marines, and those those Marines are are making a difference right now. Yeah, to other human beings who are being raised to understand what example is. Yeah, you know. Uh, so that evolution is going to continue. Yep. And it's like having having a a small. You know, footprint into the change of the future. 
in, in Dunham is is because of that these men will continue to raise other men and women and and so on and so forth yeah uh and and to be able to create change and and, and inspire and motivate others through their stories yeah you know and that's really the the goal for what we're doing with the gift and we continue to want to tell jason dunham's story because it is so profound and so beautiful and so heartfelt um you know the way he viewed leadership as we said before is love yeah. And that in itself is just more powerful, and, and and there's no definition to the the those two parallels of leadership and love. It's just that's all it is. The most profound leadership is love. Yeah, <clears throat> brother, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening. It's the Vinnie Rock Podcast. Have a good night. And did it more.